You're listening to a 58 Ember production. Hi there, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Completely Fucking Clueless. My name is Audrey Jean Flowers. And my name is Sarah Alice Liddy, and we both use she, her pronouns. And this week we are joined by a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Sydney Casson. You might have seen me on TikTok, and I also use she, her pronouns. Slay! Slay. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes, we're so, so excited to have, to you, have you. Yeah, both of us are, you know, big fans of your content and have been super excited to like get you on and talk to you. You know, we've talked to, I believe she's a friend of yours, Nat Cass, before so we're making our way around the girly gaze on tiktok i love it i called her before this and i was like Give yeah down like what i've never been on a podcast before like how did you feel and she was like i'm obsessed with them <laughs> you're Aww, gonna have a she's great so time sweet. yeah she was Aww. like you don't need to prep you don't you're you're fine you're in good hands great <laughs> yeah I know well happy first podcast recording I know it can be like such a weird thing like I remember when we were interviewed for the first time like sitting on the other end of it and I was like uh, what is gonna happen like will I have like these good answers that people <laughs> want to listen to but our audience is super chill super cool and so yeah they'll love you I feel like most of our context of like doing interviews is for work, which is like very different than being on a podcast. Like for work, you need to be really professional and prepared for these. It's like, it's just questions about your life and whatever you say, there's truly no wrong answer. And it's not Literally. like there's a job at the end you're trying to get. It's so true. <laughs> like, makes there's feel literally no stakes. There's <laughs> negative stakes. That's, so great. That's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. Okay. So before we even get into the questions, I just want to start off by saying this. Your cat is a star. <laughs> Winnie is a star. She I know she's famous. <laughs> literally, I, when, you know, watching your vlogs, prepping for today, like I am just obsessed with how she like talks back to you. And I was showing my partner and my partner was like obsessed with the cat. <laughs> I recently asked my Instagram audience I did a poll I was like if I do merch what kind of merch do you guys want to see and they were all I was expecting mm -hmm. them to say something along the lines of oh like positive quotes like you're so you know you're so positive whatever something like queer related no 95% of them were like we want Winnie on a t-shirt <laughs> and I'm like okay so you guys I, okay you guys aren't here for me you're here for the cat and honestly <laughs> great Great news. I need to put more of her on my, oh my, on my TikTok. It's honestly. such a human instinct, though. Like, I was at work yesterday, and these two cute dogs came in, and suddenly I did not care that I was getting paid to do something. That exactly. did not matter to me. What mattered to me was hanging out with those dogs. Exactly. Yes, you get it. <laughs> hundred. The pets always win. The pets always win. I've got priorities. They're not necessarily good ones, but I do have them. I would argue they're good ones. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to shift and just like talk about like sexuality. I think something that's been nice for Audrey and I to connect with with, you know, other um, people in the queer community on TikTok is like, you know, their coming out journey, how it was for them, especially because I think so many people, there's so many different experiences and, you know, something I think our audience likes to hear are those different experiences. So we're curious, you know, about your coming out journey and like, can you walk us through what you were going through internally before you decided to like publicly come out and then how it was, you know, publicly coming out to friends and family? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I, like many people in their mid-20s, I feel as if TikTok did have something to do with their coming out. I chronically dated men uh, my whole life, and I was a serial, I still consider myself like a serial relationship dater type of person. I had just ended a three-year relationship with a guy, and I was dating around, and I was talking to this guy I was just casually seeing, and he had asked me, I don't even remember the context of what we were talking about, but I remember this part specifically because he asked me, do you think you could ever see yourself like kissing a woman? Because I had never kissed a, a girl at this point. And I was like, yeah, probably. And he's like, what about having sex? And I was like, yeah, probably. And he's like, oh, so you're gay. Like, oh, so you're bi. And I was like, <laughs> no. Like I was so, I had never even thought about it because of, of compet and how I had been in relationships with men and enjoyed being in relationships with men. Actually enjoyed is a strong word, but been in relationships <laughs> with men. And I, I went home that night and I took a, are you gay quiz online? And it told me that Iconic. I was, if you're taking an, are you gay quiz? I'm going to tell you right now, you don't need to take that quiz. You're probably <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it told me I was bisexual and my mind was blown. I was like, no mm. fucking way. So after that, I was like, I should explore this side of myself. I'm newly single. Why not? And just figure out this other part of me. And so I switched my hinge profile to women. And the first girl I went on a date with um, was my now ex-fiance like she was the first person I met up with first person I kissed first person I was first woman I was in a relationship with and so most of my context of like my coming out experience um and being with women has been with her but also along that time the whole TikTok thing like I had started getting thirst traps of women on my TikTok and that was like my whole feed and I was like I'm I'm into this I'm into this I need to figure (laughs) this out (laughs) I feel like TikTok, the first thing they figured out about me was that I was gay. And I was like, am I way more gay than I thought I was? Because like TikTok just so immediately was like, we see you. We are but in charge of was... our own for you pages. So I, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> that that's the actual know. answer. Yeah. Um, what was going on that like first date? Like, were you nervous? Yeah. Did you like tell her like, oh, this is my first date with a woman? Yeah, I told her when we were messaging back and forth. I'm a very mm-hmm. open person. I have been my my entire life. I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm feeling and thinking. And I told her yeah. right away. I was like, I have never been with a woman. Uh, I know there's, like, preconceived notions around, like, going on dates with bisexual women, about with women who are exploring this side of them. I was like, if you are looking for something serious, I'm going to tell you right now that's not where I'm at. She was like, no, I'm down to just, you know, casually hang out, like get to know you, whatever. It's like, great. So we had plans to actually go to brunch on a Sunday the night before, which brunch is a first date is so weird, but whatever. <laughs> the night before on Saturday, uh, we were both going out drinking with friends and we were texting each other. And I found, I found out later that she had switched where she was originally going so that she could end up at the same place as me. But, mm. um, that the first time we actually hung out was out dancing with both of our sets of friends. And I actually loved that. Now thinking back, like a first date when you're just sitting down looking at each other is like, can be, it can be a lot of pressure. So it was nice to actually just be like dancing, have a drink and yeah, it was great. 
I was sweating though. I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, that's me. So I knew my partner prior to us like picking up our relationship. We met at summer camp when we were 12 and 13. They were my first kiss. So we've had we had like a history, but I remember they lived in Boston at the time and we were going to school in North Carolina. I will never forget like walking into their apartment for the first time and I literally just like collapsed. I was like, I just need to like breathe for a second. I was like, I'm literally like so nervous um, because similarly to you, and I think that's like what resonates with your story, like with mine is that, I mean, technically for from like ages 12 to 15, I was having a lot of like queer experiences and then I like stuffed it down. I was like, forget that, like never mind. And then I similarly to you just dated a lot of men. And so it kind of like came out of nowhere and I was like, I don't know how this is going to like work out. You know, I think the pandemic was just like making me like think so much about like regretting my life without experimenting. Um, so I really relate to that a lot. Um, and I think it's also nice to hear from your experience because I think something that like you know Audrey has talked a lot about is this like nervous energy around these like um ex like expectations or stereotypes with like bisexual women or like hey I haven't had many like dating experiences with women or queer experiences so like will people accept me absolutely yeah I yeah I still feel that way having only been with yeah one person and I, you sure. know, I've been part of this community, sure, for a few years, but I really have only dated one person. And so in a lot of ways, I'm still, in the last five months, I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I feel so behind and so confused. Yeah. Just what am I doing? So I, to yeah, I totally get that. I hear so many people on TikTok talk about like feeling behind and like being queer and it's like so funny because like it's something I like also like I've been out for a very long time like yeah I, I never even really formally came out I think people just kind of knew I don't no one can remember me coming out to them I love um, that, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but like I still constantly feel behind and like I think there's very much this concept of not feeling like gay enough and I mean that has been like something wonderful I think of like TikTok has provided the ability for people to find communities and connect but it's like so funny that like it's like your sexuality is only defined by you like no one else should have a say in it and yet we all feel like we're behind at something that it's like it just is who you are absolutely how have you sort of like what have your experiences with that feeling been and like how have you sort of tried to like find your niche in the community like even though sometimes it can feel ostracizing almost in a way. Yeah. TikTok is, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I mm -hmm. have found so much of myself in other people's content, which is why I started making content myself because I got yeah. so much from the queer community that I thought to myself, I could add to this discord and hopefully in a positive way. Um, mm -hmm. But with feeling behind and questioning things like, I think for me, a lot of it, and I talk about this, I've talked about it a few times on my page, is labels. And as you kind of, and I've found this just to be true for myself, but based off of people commenting on my posts, I've found other people experience this too. As you kind mm -hmm. of go through your like queer lore, <laughs> your queer <laughs> history, like the time you're, you're, you know, you feel part of this community, you're figuring yourself out. Um, you just start to like 
question labels more and more and you quite like am I this am I or even not even just like a label of your sexuality like bisexual versus lesbian versus queer versus pan what have you your gender is thrown in there like am I questioning you know my my gender in this and I think what I have learned honestly is that every single person who is on this journey of like figuring out themselves and figuring out who they are in the queer community. Like none of us know what we're doing and that's okay. Like you're saying, it's just accepting yourself for where you are in the moment right now and, and feeling okay, knowing that you can change your mind and that you can evolve. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because the double-edged sword thing, like, being someone who puts that content out on TikTok, I have referred to myself as bisexual and lesbian multiple times. And I am trying to figure out what I, what I am like all of us. And when you put out certain labels and you, you throw yourself out there for people to judge and comment on, I've received a lot of, not a lot, but I've received some backlash from people being like, well, you're saying this, now you're saying this, what are you? I don't think you're this. And it opens up this door for people to kind of tell you what you are. So that also Mm -hmm. adds to the confusion sometimes. But I think, honestly, what I've learned from TikTok and from other people in the queer community is is 99% positive and has helped me in figuring out what I am, who I want to be. Yeah, I think, like, coming out is, like, just, like, such this big moment that, like, doing it in the first place just, like, feels like a step. And then I feel like came this whole, like, all right, so, like, actually, like, what am I? Like, what am I feeling? Who am I feeling? And I agree. I think it it confuses people. Like, I have family members that when I first came out, I was, like – I just like don't really know what my label is right now. I think I'm just going to like be labelless. And then I was like, "No, I'm I'm definitely probably bisexual." And now they're like, "So you're bisexual? What does that mean? How's that different from this?" And I'm like, "Guys, like it's really not that deep. Like just like calm down. Like yeah. it can change. It migrates. Like, you know, people change and evolve. Like think about the people that come out when they're like 60, like they identified as straight for like 60 years, like, and it changes. So, um, I feel that I feel that, um, yeah, labels, labels are hard. They're like sticky. I I can never get like wrap my finger around which one I like the best, but people are so desperate for you to have an answer for them. Yeah. And like people like want it so badly. And like, even within the queer community, like people want it so much and put so much weight on these labels. And I love what you said about like questioning your like, sexuality also like brings in that aspect of like gender of like yeah. a big thing of like getting older for me is realizing like oh like we as a society have weighted gender so much and like so gender much. is yeah and I I really wish we didn't I wish we lived Same. in a society that is significantly less gendered because it is actually insane once you start noticing how gendered everything is mm-hmm. but like we all talk about within the queer community about how like sexuality and gender is fluid and yet people seem really have a struggle to actually embrace that and like the practicality of like what it means um I I, my favorite way of explaining things recently has just been like people are hot I like (laughs) hot people I said that verbatim on one of my last videos I was like I think I'm just into hot people and I'm gonna leave it at that like take what that (laughs) take with that what you will (laughs) 
I love it. Literally. Like you're attracted to who you're attracted to and like that's that, you know. There doesn't need to be like so many labels and questions and and all of that stuff Um, because that's where it just like gets like. You also wouldn't do that to a straight person. You wouldn't be like, oh, so like who would you like to fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That's not a question you would ask a straight person. No. No. Like, what is the specific type of person that you would like to have intercourse with? That is not a question we ask to straight people. Right. It's what we expect of gay people. Well, I think it also goes back to historically how queer people have been historically hypersexualized. And I have felt that an insane amount since coming out. Like, I feel, Mm. and I see it online too. I feel like there's just, so it's there's just so much hypersexuality in this community and that's not necessarily a bad thing I feel like it's a bad thing when people who are not part of this community are you know hypersexualizing us but I don't know I I think yeah I I everyone's just into hot people who they deem hot and we should just leave it at that people should just move on why does it matter you know literally yeah have you like with your followers in your community and also ours like I think you know people come to us and like they're trying to navigate this like weird you know space of trying to figure out figure it out like what has been your advice to people when they've come to you on your platform and said like hey I'm really confused and I'm navigating this like please help yeah that's a great question I have a lot of young women between the ages of 15 and 18 who DM me asking for Mm. advice and telling me how I've provided a a place for them to feel Mm. like themselves, which is amazing. But yeah, a lot of the questions are, how did you know that you were gay? How, like, how did you navigate telling your family and friends? And there are still people my age and older who come to me and ask me that. How do you navigate telling your friends and family they're going to see you differently? And it's really hard because I don't know I I am not in the business of trying to give people bad advice and I don't like giving blanket advice to people because everyone's situation and scenario is so different I don't know if your family is extremely conservative Republican I don't know if your family is more moderate I don't know if I don't know anything about you or your friends family your your relationships and I would hate to give someone advice that then gets them like kicked out of their house or whatever. And that's put, put back on me. So I think generally what I try to tell people when they're asking me how they come out to friends and family, how they know if they're gay, one, you don't need to know right now, you know, be patient with yourself. Um, be kind to yourself in this process. It's really, really fucking cool that you're taking the time to do some introspective work and figure out who you are on this floating rock. Um, But also when it comes to telling people, you know, again, there's no rush. If you like, you will know when it's the right time and you will know when, when it feels appropriate. And I think there's this, we put so much internalized pressure on ourselves to like, oh, I know this thing about me. Now I have to tell everyone I know. And my hope is that our society evolves enough to where like you, Audrey, we just don't have to come out anymore. Like, we just get to to be ourselves. So I don't know. I try to, I try to give very general advice of like just give yourself some extra love right now and patience because it's confusing and that's okay. Yeah. I think that's amazing the the best advice that you can give cuz I remember you know he, like find, like uh, through your content hearing your story especially with telling your parents cuz I had a very similar situation where it was like um 
I knew that they were never going to throw me out or anything. So it was really me like feeling okay enough to tell them in the first place. And that took like 10 years. So like it really is, you know, like you said, your own individual experience. Um, And yeah, I loved that. I love that advice. I, I do think that you have to be gentle with yourself during that time because I feel like you really aren't. You feel like all this pressure to say something and do something about it when you don't need to if you don't want to. I also love what you said about safety and like that is a a big thing of like I'm so lucky like grew up in Massachusetts in a family of a lot of gay kids came before me people were pretty unfazed by me but like my dad's side of the family is Jehovah's Witness I've had a couple cousins come out as gay and they got excommunicated and one of them was under 18 and it like resulted in a whole thing like where we had to get like child services involved and like he had to end up living with another family to finish high school. And like, that Mm. was really traumatizing. It's extremely traumatizing. And like he, he was just under 18. So it was like a whole complicated process. And like, I'm so sorry that that, like, I feel like it's horrible that he had to go through that. And as much as like, it, it, safety was something to take into account. Like it went badly, but it could have gone worse. And like, yeah, you're lucky that it ended up that way and not worse. And like some people aren't safe to come out to. They're not. No, a lot yeah. of people aren't That's safe to come horrible. out to. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about this a lot with my partner, even feeling like certain spaces, like, I mean, for example, we were at Henrietta Hudson last night. There, I feel 100% comfortable to do anything I want. Um, But it's interesting when we go to different spaces, like, you know, like kind of adjusting what you do and who you are based on that space. Like I remember over the summer, we were in this like sports bar on the Jersey shore. And after like the next day, I was like, Hey, like, sorry, I maybe wasn't like as touchy feely as I usually am. Like for some reason, like I just noticed how many like straight men were around me and was feeling really like intimidated by that. And Olivia was like, no, I like totally get that. I felt the exact same way. It can be so scary. Really? It's so interesting. And that's also why I'm so careful with advice because I've had the I have had so much privilege in my coming mm-hmm. out experience Same. because I came out older, so I didn't have to, you know, experience the bullying bullying that could potentially come with coming out in middle school, high school, even college. The ostrac like of, of being ostracized. Um, yeah, I'm also very straight passing, so I am not walking around experiencing what other people in our community are, are likely experiencing. I had my parents who I knew before even telling them were, were allies, same with my brother. And I had built a community here in DC of people who I knew were also going to accept me. And I live in a very queer city. So like Mm -hmm. all of the stars were aligned for me and feeling comfortable to come out, which is amazing. And I wish every single queer person had that but yeah Yeah. I I recognize that which is also why when people ask me for advice in that respect I'm like I I have no idea what 90% of the people in our community have to go through because I I was I was so lucky um yeah so yeah 
Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, shifting gears a little bit, um, you know, I think how I found your content, um, and I'm not sure, Audrey, how you found Sydney. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, you know, I started following you right before you had called off your engagement. And then I, I honestly will be real. I will never forget when I saw like, you know, on TikTok that you had called it off and I was like actually shocked um, because I was like, oh my goodness, like this person I started following, um, you know, is going through this hard thing. So, you know, it's been like five or six months since May and we're curious, like how has your healing journey been going? You know, I don't think we talk about breakups a lot on this podcast. So I think this is a great way to kind of navigate that discussion. Yeah, it has been equally the best five months in my life as it has been the worst. The Mm -hmm. amount of growth I have had and self-discovery and realizing how resilient I am and how much support I have around me in other aspects of my life has been so beautiful. And I would never have experienced that without the breakup, but equally, I mean, and I think when you guys sent over, you know, the questions, I don't know how you guys Mm -hmm. edit this. So feel free to edit this however you want. Um, I had not publicly come out with saying why we broke up yet and I just yeah um like two days ago <laughs> oh I know I literally yeah. was oh did I send it to you Audrey I was like wait Sarah I immediately called me <laughs> <laughs> because I, I up until that point like I knew you hadn't said anything about it so I didn't want to you yeah. know I was never going to be like tell us why right. and so right. when I saw I was like oh my goodness Audrey like did you just see yeah so now that the world kind of knows you know that yeah there was an affair involved um I feel like I can talk about it a little bit more authentically um yeah and real because I mean it's a I feel like it's a small percentage of people who are in you know in relationships where they're engaged and the the other person cheats while they're engaged that's like pretty yeah and on top of that to have that experience like within the queer community I was like, I'm the only one experiencing this, but no, Mm. um, I have had so many people reach out to me saying, I have never seen this kind of like representation of, you know, what has happened in the queer community between two women. Um, your space, like it, it feels even more safe to me now. I feel so seen and understood and that's beautiful. So it's like, there are so many obviously it was heartbreaking it's still heartbreaking but what has come out of it too I try to always like have perspective on things so yeah really beautiful I don't know yeah I think we'll oh sorry go ahead Audrey uh one of the like first things of your like that you spoke about that like really connected with me was when you were talking about how like oh when I first started dating women I thought that women would be better than men and, you know, I do in certain ways think they are. But I also think like a really. <laughs> okay. But yeah, also I agree. like I, I think a big thing that's not really talked about is like gay people can be toxic too. And like this is something we've actually talked about on the podcast with like Queer Love Ultimatum. Like as much as like dating shows are very dumb, I think that that was really important and big in showing like gay people can be bad too. Gay people can be abusers. Like gay people can be super toxic and bad too. Like they're also Mm -hmm. people. We are not like, even in movies, like you used to see like the gay people, like in an overcompensation were always showed as like perfect at everything. And it's like, no, they're people who have problems and do bad things as well. 
Um, Mm. Yes. Yeah. It is hard. It was a hard realization. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, like you're saying, it is, I have much more enjoyed dating women um, than I have men. It's nuanced, right? But yes, I have learned that there are just like, there are shitty people everywhere. Doesn't really matter what you identify. Like people can, people are just (laughs) good or bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's like such a, a hard situation, you know, I feel like, you know, I've had an ex- experience before where somebody like betrays your trust in that way. And it's such a unique, unique kind of pain. Um, you know, it's something that like you never like, you know, it's out there, but you not, you know, you hope it doesn't happen to you. And then it happens. And like, you know, it, it can adjust your trust. So like, in the last like six months, like moving forward into dating like new people, how have you feel like, do you feel like there's something a shift in the way that you trust people or not really like you're able to, you know, give it out? I have always been a very trusting person. Yeah. Um, this time, however, <laughs> was so out of left field. Uh, mm. If you would have asked me a day before I found out if she would ever have an affair, I would have I would have bet my entire life savings that she would not. Like wow. I had zero clue, zero clue. Mm. So it's tough because now. I sit back and I am overanalyzing, hyperanalyzing every single interaction I've ever had with her. And Mm. it makes you question when you're, when you're cheated on, it makes you kind of question your own instincts and your own Mm. ability to like see other people, your own intuition. And that's really that it's, world shaking or earth shattering like for your own perception of how you go about your life so going into my next relationships I'm I'm taking it very slow I know there's this common theme with women queer women the u-haul lesbians yeah and I did do that with my ex and I don't regret it by any means, I don't regret any part of what I gave or put into that relationship. However, moving forward, I think there it, it, there is something so beautiful in taking things slow and really figuring out if you jive with that other person on a, on a bunch of different levels, like really get to know them before you go down that path. But I think I'm genuinely looking for someone next. Well, I'm not looking for anyone right now, but whoever I am, you know, yeah. when I get to that point, uh, someone who is consistently wanting to put in the work on learning who they are because you can't show up in a relationship and be there for another person if you're not taking time not every day but just like checking in with yourself reflecting on who you are and how you show up in the world I think it all starts with you and how you know where what you're rooted in what your morals are um so yeah I think just someone who also takes the time to reflect on who they are it's a biggie. Yeah, that is so key in relationships. Like prior to my current relationship, you know, I'd been in a lot of unhealthy love bomby like relationships yes. with men. And so I remember when I first got into my relationship with my partner, I hated how slow it was moving. I was like, why aren't you in love with me? Like, why aren't we all over each other? <laughs> like all of these things. Literally, yes. 
yeah it was like weird I was like this is so weird and now like three years later I'm like so happy that it ended up that way because it's given us so much space to like like you said really get to know each other and then like yeah navigating you know how much you have to like also work on yourself in a relationship and really like see how the different parts of you are impacting the relationship like that has been so much a part of my current relationship is like learning who I am and how the things that I do affect the relationship. And it is fucking hard. Like, so, it's so hard. hard. Cause you Absolutely. don't think about that when you think of a relationship, like you're not really mm-hmm. thinking like, Oh my goodness, like I'm going to have to like work on myself to like be a great person for this relationship. And then it, you start seeing the parts of you like, quote unquote ruin the relationship a little bit and then you're like oh yeah. shit like I got some work to do and like this thing's thrown around a lot but like how the hell are you gonna love someone else if you don't love yourself and like yeah. that's honestly a big place where I'm at like my mom a lot asks why I'm not really dating and it's like I came off of being like really really depressed for like six months like yeah. the worst I've ever been and like I'm working on rebuilding my life and I'm kind of a complete hot mess right now I don't have it in me to like there is a responsibility and like you owe something to a partner like I don't have the bandwidth or like the the anything right now to like be responsible to someone else like right now I need to just be able to be selfish and just think about myself and I think uh, like uh, there's a lot of pressure put on I think especially women to not be alone Mm -hmm. and like Yes. I've watched so many friends who like are perpetually in relationships and don't give themselves yeah. the opportunity to like figure out a who they are and what they like or like work on their own shit honestly like if you're busy all the time and you never have to sit still with yourself you're you're never going to deal with the stuff that keeps piling up at the back door you have to be okay being alone with your own thoughts And if you're not okay being alone with your own thoughts, how, you know, how do you bring someone else into that? It's so valid. Mm -hmm. So valid. Yeah. Yeah. So from these like last couple of months, you know, you talked about it a little bit um, in the last question, but what are you feeling like, you know, like what have you, maybe like, let me rephrase this. What do you feel like, you know, you've learned in this last, these last couple of months? Um, What are you taking with you like moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. I have learned that I am resilient as fuck. (laughs) Um, I kind of felt like this before, but when you're in a stable relationship for three years, I mean, you you meet challenges in life together. So when you are Mm -hmm. met with facing something head on on your own and you, you survive it, like canceling, uh, sitting there canceling wedding vendors and telling people you know and love, like, this is not happening and this is why. Like, it's traumatic. It's, like, really, fin- it's financially traumatic. It's emotionally traumatic. It's all sorts of things. Um, but I think that I've also learned about myself that, like, I, how do I word this? Um, the ego work that I did on myself during my relationship proved extremely beneficial in coming out of it the last few years I've really prioritized trying to break down my ego and how it controls everything and coming out of this I I forgave her within like 48 hours 
of of finding out what she did. Um, yeah. Because in my brain, in, in really processing my ego and trying to, like, go about the world, not making everything about me, I'm like, this had nothing to do with me. This was a decision that she made. And, yes, it has consequences. It has a ripple effect. It's hurtful. It's traumatic. But also perspective. Like, I'm so grateful this happened before we got married. I'm so grateful that this, you know, that this, that this happened and like, I'm not with someone now who, you know, even thought about doing that to me, um, who was okay doing that to me, um, trying to find gratitude in everything. Like I got to see, like I mentioned earlier, I got to see how my friends and family truly stepped up for me in crisis, like out of this world were incredible. Um, so taking, I've learned that the work I continuously did in my relationship, which is what I'm hoping I find in my next relationship that someone else is willing to do, you know, just proved extremely beneficial to my healing process. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like the ego work that you were doing for those two years? I'm super interested to hear about it. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have heard of Eckhart Tolle. He d- he haven't. has written uh, quite a few books on the ego. Okay. Um, Oprah Winfrey is obsessed with him, which means I'm obsessed with him, but (laughs) I'm, he's, he's fascinating. And he talks about how you, you know, your ego really rules everything you do when you're in a conversation Mm -hmm. with someone and, and they say something that like triggers you, you know, that's your, that's your ego response of either wanting to be right or wanting to like be seen in a certain way or whatever, whatever that trigger is, that's your ego and how you want to present yourself to the world. And I have taken time over the last few years to really focus on when I am triggered by something and not responding and like sit back and really process not just like what I'm going to say next, but like, why do I feel a certain way by that? And do I have to feel that way about it? So just like breaking down, it's, it helps you break down your emotions because oftentimes like our thoughts aren't really how we feel. Like I can sit here and, and say like, I can look in the mirror and be like, I'm, I'm ugly. Like who, where did I learn? Where did I learn that? And it, what, like, that's not real. That's not a true thing. So breaking down my thoughts and my triggers, that, that kind of stuff, like, and journaling about it. Um, it's like a rewiring of, of your brain mm. almost. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. (laughs) No, I I love love this. Yeah, same. That's so interesting. Especially like in a relationship, like thinking about it, like you do have these like things that like trigger you that or make you feel a certain way or like I know I've like um, had experiences like, you know, where my partner has done something and I've had this like emotional response that I like did not expect to have. I'm like, why is this making me upset? Like this should not make me upset. So that's a really, a really interesting thing to do. Yeah. I, it. I mean, it's changed my life. Honestly, it's changed how I show up for myself, like within my relationship with my friends, with my family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. How do you feel like it's like kind of changed you? Like is was there like a pri- like what was the prior version to the version that you are now? Yeah, I think it's ever evolving, but for me personally, mm. I think before I learned about 
breaking down your ego and ego work. I was a very reactive person and Mm. I was the type of person like I'm, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So I'm going to whatever in the moment, I'm going to just say how I feel. And like, that's, that's good because it's honest. It's true. It's how I'm feeling in the time, whatever. Um, now I'm just, I'm slower to react to things. I like someone will say something and I'll, if it triggers me or they do something that triggers me, like example, if, you know, before this, I living with someone, if they would leave their stuff everywhere, that would, uh, it would upset me. Like a, a mess upsets me instead of in the moment being like, you need to, you need to clean this up. What are you doing? Just being very reactive and like confrontational. It's like taking a step back now processing what kind of place is that person in that they are, you know, okay, leaving their stuff around. How do I want to handle this? It's really just like slower to mm. react. Um, and I feel yeah. like it saved me from, I don't know, uncomfortable encounters or things that I wish I would, wouldn't have said. Um, mm-hmm. and it helps me be more intentional and authentic with what I do say to other people, which is why the podcast was like being on here was a little nerve wracking for me because you don't have as much mm-hmm. time to like really think about your responses. And it's why people, totally. when they ask me if, if I want to make a podcast, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I do. I feel like I want to write a book instead because I have the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually like authentically and intentionally write down what I want to say. Totally. Well, if you ever did want to start a podcast, the good news is, is in editing, you can cut out the gaps if you need to think. So true. So true. Literally, we'll we'll be in Audrey's apartment and sometimes like we will take these big gaps and be like, huh, like, what do I want to say here? And then we'll just like cut it. Um, Or sometimes just one of us will need to go to the bathroom and we're like, okay, we'll pause for a sec. That's so valid. That's the joy of editing. <laughs> but I, I loved what you said. I do think like the world like really does need people like being more thoughtful. And I think it is really fucking hard to slow down in a world that is so fast paced. But like yeah. truly like we could all use a little more thoughtfulness. Yeah. Thoughtfulness is a great word. No, yeah. true. That is. I feel like that's something that I've learned being in my relationship you know, especially coming from like other like unhealthier ones. I feel like I was very, I learned to be reactive because I felt like that was like, it was helping me stay safe was to be reactive. Um, And so I remember coming into this relationship, like being very reactive and my partner is so not that person. Like they do not yell, they're chill. Like they're like, let's have a conversation. They've been (laughs) in therapy since they were a child. So um, like I really had to like adjust and be like, okay, like, there's no reason to be reactive here. And I love what you had to say also about like thinking about why the other person may be leaving their stuff all over the place. Like, you know, what what place are they at in their life? Because I know that was hard for me at a time as well to think about like, okay, like, you know, let me give some empathy to this person as to why they may be behaving this way. And and right. it definitely does shift the way that you feel, maybe some of the negative emotions you may feel toward what that person is doing. Like you step back and be like, oh shit, like they're going through a hard time. Like maybe this me is not saying personal. this. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Literally. So I, I really resonate with that. So much more of the time, things have nothing to do with us. And we always think that everything's yes. about us. And most of the time, things have nothing to do with us. 99% of the time, they have nothing to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, shifting into a little bit like 
of your single life in the last like six months? Like kind of we were talking about this at the beginning, but you know, how has it been to really like, you know, be, be dating for the first time in the queer community? Like, are you facing any of these biases? Are you having a great time? Like, just tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. <laughs> um, it has been <laughs> fun. fun. Also confusing. Um, it's been mm-hmm. a lot of emotions. I think I went, I went like balls to the wall one month after the breakup because I was like, mm. I deserve this. Like I've been done wrong. I get to go explore and meet women. And I was just like, talking to anyone who want to talk to me I was like yes Mm. this is great um but then after like a month of that and a particular like I I don't even want to call it situationship because it was like 72 hours like let's be real (laughs) myself um delusionship um but it felt very I've had a lot of those I've had a lot of delusionships yeah Yeah. (laughs) I love that word delusionship (laughs) <laughs> it yeah. felt very and it not it, it it was very intimate for you know the short amount yeah. of time it was and it like kind of really fucked me up um mm. how it ended with just like yep I'm not interested in you anymore out of nowhere um so after that happened I was like uh, okay now I'm like grieving this delusionship and of failed engagement I need to relax so I Mm. I actually I started this like 75 queer um it's like 75 hard but where I just don't date mask lesbians for 75 days (laughs) (laughs) and so I'm currently like (laughs) off limits off limits my Achilles heel (laughs) I was like I need to go this is drastic times call for drastic measures all right so yeah I've got like two weeks left so who knows what's gonna happen after that but yeah well that's so nice that you gave yourself yeah it's so nice you gave yourself that time and like recognized that like what you said earlier Audrey like it's like so hard to you know give yourself the time to just be by yourself I'm a serial monogamous so um like it it is it's so hard so I commend you for doing it I love that 75 queer (laughs) I don't know know what I thought you were gonna say after saying 75 queer not dating masks for 75 days wasn't at all that as an answer. <laughs> I literally, I have like notes in my journal. I was like, I need to do 75 hard, but I need it to be my own version. And I was like, okay, what's it going to look like? I was like, a gallon of water a day. We can keep that one. We can keep that one. Work out twice a day. Absolutely not. We're crossing that. Like I was going through the 75 hard challenge and I was like, okay, I got to do it for myself. And I was like, no TikTok right before bed because I have a TikTok mm-hmm. addiction. I'll just lay there scrolling until my eyes are like shutting. Oh, so I was like, I need do. to not. I know. So that, and then I was like, what else? Um, yes, mask lesbians. That's, I've got to, I need a break. <laughs> that one right there. <laughs> Circled in red ink. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Oh my gosh. I love that. Making like an own version of 75 hard for yourself. That's like a great idea yeah. because I feel like the 75, the actual 75 hard, like, I mean, it's pretty intense. 
It's too hard for me. It's too yeah. hard. My, go- my goals like, each day are like, leave my apartment. Eat. <laughs> no, literally mine was like, eat breakfast every day. Like, yeah. I'm in the trenches. I don't need to be working out twice a day. We need something more realistic. No, yes. 100%. Well, and it and that's it actually like helps when it's more realistic cuz I like I remember yeah. like when I was going through a tough time a couple years ago like and you really have to like rebuild your life up and I will never forget like talking with my therapist and she was like, "Okay, like so your responsibilities every day are to get out of your bed, change into different pajamas, go yep. downstairs to your parents' bed in the different pajamas." Like it is really just like it's rebuilding hard. your life. Yeah, it is. And that, and that's what can I think at least when I'm on TikTok and you know, people are, you know, making these like grandiose. Yeah, like I'm gonna do all of this. Like I'm like it. It my triggers me because nine before my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ma'am, I'm sleeping. No, ma'am, I am asleep until eight forty-five when I before I log on at nine a.m. in the morning. Yes, like let me be fucking real with you. I now want you to make your my five to nine before nine to five, except for it's just a video of you asleep in the dark. Perfect. <laughs> I'm on it. On it. You'll see it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny because I like get triggered by it. Like I see it and it looks so like it's like this like mm-hmm. thing. It looks so good and you're like it's shiny and amazing. And then I try and do it and I'm like, fuck, no, this shit does not work. No, I don't no. know if y'all have ever gotten those, but I sometimes when a TikTok comes up and I'll get one of those and I'll like feel really like pinched by it. Like it'll pinch something yeah. on me of like this is a reference to like an acting technique, but like there's mm-hmm. a pinch and like pinches hurt more when they're pinched on a bruise and I'll have something that pinches me on a bruise and then it'll cut to someone stitching it and being like, this video is not for you. This is on your for you page. Like, no, this video is not, not meant you. for you. Don't just go do it. No, not you. It's not meant for you. Ignore this. So when, I'll often get those of like, you can do it. If I can do it, I can do it. And then it comes to someone being like, this isn't you. Uh, no, it wasn't meant for you. You're depressed. Don't go do it. Our algorithm knows us. I love it. <laughs> truly, truly. Before we get to our final question, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, from this experience, like, is there a piece of advice that you would give to somebody going through a breakup right now? Ooh, did I? I feel like I wrote something down about this. Um, mm, I think my biggest piece of advice, and I feel like this is counterintuitive to what most people would say, um, is to focus on play. Like, Mm, it has been one of the biggest things that has helped me in realizing that when you go through something so traumatic, and hard. This is not just breakups, anything that's super hard um, going on in your life. We forget to have fun and we forget, you know, how short life is. Like we're on this planet for, it literally flies by and we're not meant to just wake up, go to work, come home, like make dinner, like mindlessly scroll on TikTok while that's fun. But like, that's not what our everyday has to be. And So for me, I've just been trying to focus on having as much fun as possible and not in a way that is like avoiding your feelings. I still, I still am actively journaling. And when I want to cry, I cry. When I want to be angry, I like try to, you know, get my anger out in healthy ways. But I think what is so often forgot is the play aspect. And it helps, it helps you remember that we're all just silly little humans 
trying to figure out things because we're all completely fucking clueless about what what <laughs> life is, you know? So Literally. I would say play. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right. So final question for you. We ask everybody this. Can you tell us a recent time that you felt clueless? It can be big or small. It can be as big as like, what am I doing in my life? Or like, hey, how often are you meant to empty your vacuum cleaner? Oh, big or small. Um, I feel, I mean, my whole life right now. I don't, Mm. I feel like, I don't know if that's so general, but I am completely clueless every single day right now up until up until May 1st when my life blew up I had everything planned I am such a type a person I knew you know we're getting married we're you know on this date we are moving abroad in May 2024 we are you know this I had my life planned out and now that none of that is there I am completely clueless trying to figure out what I want to do with my life, but I have never been so grateful for it. I've never been so happy just figuring out, like, it's kind of a a rebirth in a way of I can do whatever I want with my life. How am I going to do it? You know? Yeah. How am I going to take this opportunity? So right now. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Yeah. Love that. There are so many times where I think both of us have experienced, like, Every day is like, what the yeah. actual fuck am I doing? Like, yes. I think it totally comes in waves where there's like times where it's like literally every day. And then there's times where you're like, yeah. oh, I feel the soothsail. And then it's like, oh, it's happening again. Mm-hmm. So I feel you. I feel you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This was so incredible. Thank you guys so much. You both are yeah. wonderful. And oh, so you. happy to be here. <laughs> Yay. Where Go, Audrey. So find you. Where can people find you? What's your like ats? Where should they follow, listen, et cetera, your story? Yes. Um, my TikTok and my Instagram handles are the same. It's at Sydney Casson, but with two N's on the end because for some reason Sydney Casson's already taken. I don't know how many of this, us there are, but yes. <laughs> Sydney Casson with two ends. <laughs> Incredible. And you know that you guys can find us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless. And on TikTok and YouTube at completely F-C-K-I-N-G clueless slay have an amazing tuesday everybody have an amazing week and don't forget to be motherfucking clueless this has been a 58 ember production for more shows please visit the 58 ember channel 58ember.com or find us at 58embermedia on socials.